Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Sam! Touchdown, Missouri. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. With me, as always, is DeMonte Cross's real estate agent, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Jamon Moore's hands strength coach, Brian Goers. Good to be back. It's good to have you back, Brian. We missed you. Yeah. You look healthy. You look strong. Feeling a lot better. Good. Feeling a lot better. Good. Yeah, Brian, I mean, you know, it's been an exciting season here without you. Uh, we've got a lot of new fans. Uh, you've got some, and uh, a lot of exciting... A lot of people to introduce you to. Games. Sure. Yeah, so uh, anyway, I guess we should talk about the football game. Should we? No. It's uh, really identical to what we talked about last week. Yeah, let's just put the, the LSU game, and Brennan, maybe with the computer there, you can just dub in the word Florida for every time we said LSU. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. much take care of it. Yeah, we could have Paul Feinbaum do that for us. We... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was something else. I considered, instead of even talking about this game, just making this entire show about the Alabama versus Tennessee game. Mm. I considered just screaming in the mic for 50 minutes straight. <laughs> and then just like, We're that's pl- it. planning to do that. I think Vegas had the uh, over-under odds for that word, fuck it. What was it, 58? Was it, it was 84. 84. Yeah, 84. 84. I think that our over-under would be 84 F-bombs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I told him to take the over. <laughs> <laughs> you could certainly live up to that. Yeah, so anyway, I guess we should officially say that the final score of the game was Florida 40, Missouri 14. Yeah, it was a rough game all around. I mean, the Missouri offense, which looked at the the beginning of the season to be getting better each game, um, and now we've played two, I don't really want to even call them quality opponents because they're they're good teams, but they're certainly not... You know, not top yeah. right, right. They're not top of the SEC type teams, but the only upside you could, you know at this point I can say about the offense is like last year we were really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. There's an F bomb for you, mm-hmm. but we were really bad against um, UConn, and we were really bad right. against right. you know Semo. At yeah. least at least yeah. now our offense against terrible terrible teams looks good, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's the same result against good teams. Yeah. Well, well, this game we had nine three and outs. Yeah, <laughs> nine three and a half. I think our first eight possessions we went three and a half. Some look, some was well, it was, it, was uh, it wasn't quite that. I think we had like six, but then we had the, the two picks. Yeah, our offense has gotten picks. so bad that it's starting to overshadow how bad our defense is. And because right. our defense played at times in this game well, but the offense has gone fucking full on dumpster fire, and it's 
uh, it's unexplainable. And one of the things that everybody talks about, and I agree with, is they're talking about this fast pace, this big, fast, get it up, tempo. fast, tempo, 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 tempo. The, and I like that to a certain extent, but it's not a switch you can't unthrow. You know, my thing is, is like, it's like a basketball game where you run transition offense off of a uh, rebound, mm-hmm. but when they make it, you take it out of bounds and set up your offense. Mm-hmm. You don't have to run this pedal to the metal offense all the time. You know, maybe after a first down, you get into it, you know, and you run a little bit and then you go back to run your offense and then you get into it. Instead of having these three and outs that burn 45 seconds and the defense is on the field 90% of the game. Yeah. Why do we have to run tempo offense nonstop the entire game? Why can't we adjust and <laughs> We can't adjust anything. I mean, obviously, we've seen that with our defense. We have this new, new – we've. here's the interesting thing is we have been talking for weeks upon end about how the defensive scheme isn't working, how the guys aren't adjusting to it, and here it is, our offense, which we thought was fixed. Hypel had fixed. You know, Josh Henson mm-hmm. out, Hypel in, fixed. Clearly not. And that's the most depressing thing to me about this entire game is obviously, like you said, the coaching inability to adjust or adapt, but the fact that 2015 was one of a historically bad year – and we haven't got any better. I think the offense is slightly better. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say we haven't gotten any better. I don't I think, think we've gotten any better. We've gonna, got a little, like I said. I think we could easily end up with the exact same record. Agreed. I think I think the, the thing is, is that the only thing, you, again, you could point to is that against really bad teams, our offense moves the ball. The reason I would say it's, it's slightly better, but the tempo offense, I think, is covered up for a bad offensive line. You know, they're better than last year, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, part of the reason I think the running still game didn't is, allow a sack. Well, the running game is yeah. still terrible and that's part of what the offensive line does too you know what i mean that's like yeah we're not giving up sacks but we have a non-existent running game more or yeah. less and uh, part of that is the offensive line now big part of that too is a just a complete lack of all or of talent at the running back position when you're going to run ish witter 75 percent of the time right and, and we I saw think, a lot more crockett this week and well we i think he even the coach, over 100 yards yeah, yeah we saw I, what you can now do. big chunks of that came late in the game when they had their second and third string in but that you can't yeah. deny when you watch crockett run that obviously he's a much more talented his running back is, his is ceiling is high. Twitter. And, and Joe Wall Jasper said in the, the midweek show that, uh, you know, in the seasons he's been covering Mizzou, he doesn't think any of the teams he's covered in the past for Mizzou, at least these good teams, that Ishwater would have seen the field. This is just a situation where the talent we have Lack running back is young sure. and untrustworthy to this point, at least according to the coaching staff. And so Ishwater is just – Dependable, you know, he's reliable. He's going to Doesn't get you fumble. Yeah, he's not going to fumble. He's going to get you a solid two and a half yards per carry. What a low so. bar to be a starter. Though. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know it's yeah. disastrous. Well, I, but I think that's where you get into scheme versus talent on your team, right? So we have some talented players on the offense. Some of our wide receivers are talented. They make stupid mistakes. And drop the football, can't catch the football. But I mean, we've got some speedy receivers, some big receivers. We have a really talented young quarterback. You know, that Crockett's young. You know, good running back there for the future. So I think some of the stuff sets up well. It's just whereas uh, Mizzou succeeds, and, and and any of the big schools, right? Alabama is good because their third stringer could start for Missouri, mm-hmm. aka Chris Black. You know, yeah. like, uh, it, and. That's why they're good, and that's what you're seeing with, with Tennessee, right? All the injuries, and they're complaining about all the injuries. Well, 
the difference between a great football team and a good football team is that depth. is depth, yeah. And well, Missouri has none of that. Well, right? we don't I mean, have depth lucky. at the at the starting. Exactly, I mean, exactly. We're lucky if we get like you know a, a four star well quarterback. We don't have a second one sitting you know, on the bench to, ready to take his spot. To add to that, Brian, I think something else that Mizzou lacks that great teams have, like in Alabama, is game changing players. Yeah, what we lack. On defense, I think we have a couple of those players. Now, DeMonte Cross has you know slit their bag open and ripped out their testicles with this fucking defensive scheme. But mm-hmm. we have Charles Harris. We have Terry Beckner. We have Arion Penton. We have players who are definitively good and would play for most teams in the SEC, without question. But on our offense, I don't see that player. Uh, no. I, I, I don't see a single player, perhaps Drew Locke, but even Drew Locke has, has looked, in these last two games, looked Awful. I mean, not just because he's under pressure, and not because our—I mean, our wide receivers obviously cannot get open or catch balls. No, he's making Matty Mog decisions. But he's making poor decisions. He's been inaccurate with the football, which just scares me as much as anything because he's been accurate. So mm-hmm. we also don't have any like game-changing talent on on the offensive side. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The ball and what game-changing talent we have on the defensive side of the ball, we have schematically tried to remove it from the equation. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have... I think if, if you want to talk schemes, I think what the point you're making earlier about the up-tempo... Up-tempo offenses hide some of your deficiencies, yes, they right? Do. But if you can't get it going, you can't get anybody into a rhythm. And it ruins your defense. Yeah. And it, I mean, we and saw that in the absolutely. fourth quarter of this game where you guys absolutely. couldn't tackle anymore. They were gassed. Oh. I, th- I think you, what you guys are talking about is something I really wanted. I was thinking about last night after that game. I was trying to process it. And I think we've complained about the coaching staff. We've complained about a lot of different things. But I think the talent is the real issue here. And I think that you know we just – do not when we play teams like Florida and LSU who recruit the upper crust of players at this point Missouri's talent pool is so thin mm-hmm. that while we do have good players even on defensive side like you said the five star recruits there's enough holes where we don't have that that it, that it's it's too much well and, I think in offense it's uh, there's hardly any them starting Garrett a true freshman at middle linebacker moving Shearer over is an illustration of that when you're pulling a true freshman off the bench to play linebacker in the SEC, who is not a five-star recruit. I mean, right. you get a Terry Beckner, he's five stars. Yeah, he goes right into the lineup and he plays the line as a freshman. Right. But this kid is not a five-star recruit, and yet he's been plucked as a freshman on to put on the field at middle linebacker for the Mizzou Tigers. And it illustrates to me that if you don't have anybody else than a true freshman to throw out there who probably physically isn't ready. I mean, Garrett may turn out to be a terrific player. He didn't do anything last night that said, wow, he's no good. But, you know, phys- just from a physical standpoint, this kid was in high school last year, and now he's expected to play middle linebacker, you know, in the SEC. That's a big ask. I think, and you know, we talked about this, I think, last year, where 
you know, there was a lot of rumors going around in the media that that year, whenever Pinkle's personal life was in disarray, or he got divorced, he got the DUI, that the recruiting fell off. Mm-hmm. And there was a two-year gap around 2012, 2013, that we're now suffering the consequences for today, where our upperclassmen just aren't as good as they were a few years back. Well, and to, and to add to that, too, there's something else that to be said, and I, it, there's a, DJ, or a guy on Kansas City Radio who talks about this often, is that... Mizzou also had to make a transition from the Big 12 to the SEC. And there's no way that didn't slightly hurt your recruiting because now it takes the, your basically geographic base where you're going to recruit from, and now you have to go into the Southeastern Conference and try to recruit in those areas. And there's, you're going to be fighting a different fight. You're going to be learning new high school coaches. You're going to be looking at a whole new batch of players that maybe you hadn't considered before just based on the geography. And that's going to be difficult. So maybe, you know, you take into effect Pinkle had some disarray in his personal life. And you also add into the fact that we made a huge conference change. And now we're, from a talent standpoint, we're reaping what, you know, the benefits or lack thereof of doing those things. I don't know if any of that plays into it, but it's certainly a rational argument to make based on what we're seeing on the field from a talent standpoint. Well, the thing I said earlier about the fact that it just doesn't look like we're any better, part of what I mean by that is last year, and we talked about this before the season even started, that it was just hard to watch football. It was hard to watch Tiger football last year. It was so bad. There was nothing positive to take away. The last two games have been like that, Mm -hmm. where we played good teams, and there's just very, very little you could look to and be like, yeah, there's something positive to take away. I will say this. There's some players, at least in this game, who I thought played well, and I couldn't tell you about anybody other than Corey Fittoni after LSU. Mm-hmm. But again, like after the game, I see DeMonte Cross arm around Jamon Moore, consoling him, you know, Coach Odom slapping him on the back, tell, you know, other players on the back saying, hey, keep your head up, that kind of stuff. And maybe I'm completely off base on this, but to me, part of that belies the fact that Odom and Cross and Heupel know they're putting these kids in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't get in those kids' faces and scream because they know they are partially at fault. I mean, if you were yeah. if you were putting together a terrific game plan and you and you felt confident and this thing was gangbusters and the kids just screwed up, you might be feel more willing to grab a guy by the face mask and say, get your head out of your ass. But when you know that a big part of the failure is also on you and this this road you've decided to travel down, that you know, it's hard to tell a kid to get his shit together when you yourself don't have your shit together. Well and I think as fans, we get very nearsighted, right? We look at the very the last game and think that's the the world is ending, or though it's the greatest you know thing ever, you know whatever. But at the start of the year, again, I, and I know I was more pessimistic than you guys when at the start of this year, rightly so. But when I said I thought we were going to win four, maybe five games. And that's what the pace that we're on. Yeah, yeah. and and, and so Brennan chastised you. He did, <laughs> uh, yeah. And but but the the point is is that. We had an awful year last year. You brought in a new coaching staff, new defensive coordinator, new new, new, new offensive new quarterback, right? I yeah. mean, in, in terms, I know I realize he played, played last year, but, yeah. but, but really, new quarterback, new new lots and lots of stuff, new defensive scheme, new and offensive scheme, and this is going to take some time. And so for me, like I never expected this season to have everything fixed. What I wanted to see was improvement. And the part that scares me a little bit is that like that improvement has now fallen off because we're getting in the meat of the schedule. But I just, I wanted to see the Tigers go from game one against West Virginia to our last game. It was against Arkansas, Ar- Arkansas, where the team looks better when we play Arkansas. Right. And, and I think you're, what you're saying is very accurate. I mean, the, the schedule also, if you were to look at the schedule 
most people would have predicted the Tigers' record right now to be exactly where it is. You know, I think we were hoping that the Tigers would steal one. You know, and I think Georgia was that game to well, steal, um, but but they haven't, and they play. They've won exactly the same number of games we thought they would win, and they've lost the exact number of games we thought they'd lose. It's just I the think way that they've done it. The way they've done it has made it frustrating, and I, you know, they're just because well, you've had glimpses. From, you've yeah, had glimpses well, of right. Ooh, if we could just replicate that they give well, us a little hope early yeah, but that that again is where the i think the disappointment like i don't think people look at our record and go well that's way off base from what i expected i think what disappoints people is the way that they lose i mean mm-hmm. if you were if you had the same record but you had given lsu all they wanted if you had the same record and you given florida all they wanted you know you lose to georgia mm-hmm. by one point you'd go man this team's moving the right direction yeah we've had some tough losses but these guys got something going on like you said you, you you're seeing signs of improvement mm-hmm. But no, I mean they have just like wilted against well, big teams. It looks like they're not even ready to play. And you know, and and, and that's a concern because that's the, that's on the coach's side. I've seen this. I mean, we could talk about talent, but in terms of just being ready for the game, mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent on. Well, the Well, I saw like one one of these Mizzou asshats who covers the team talking about the top ten reasons this team lost tonight. Not a single one of them is the defense. Fuck you. The defense is a big part of this. And yeah, the defense played better. But you can't discount the fact that part of the reason the defense looked better is Georgia's quarterback was trash. So don't you can't take too much credit for that. Two, they had like nine false start penalties throughout this game. I mean, Georgia did as much to We're talking about Florida? Florida, I'm sorry. Florida had like nine false start penalties throughout the game. Yeah, and we didn't catch Florida did as much to dismantle their offense as our defense did. I mean, I think that, you know, there's yeah. a perception that the defense played a whole lot better. And it did play better, but Good God. I mean, this defense was still – I saw David Morrison tweeted out after this game, we had brought our average for the year on uh, running plays down from 8 yards per carry to 7.7. Well, you wanted improvement there, Yeah, Tom. so point three. the defense and the offense are both hot, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. And so Mizzou fans are well within their right to chastise both sides of the ball, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I think they are. I mean, anytime your team is looking like this, right, I mean – you can't win a conference game against a, a Georgia team that we just saw lost to Vandy at home, which by the way, kind of scares me to play Vandy now. <laughs> well, that's but, the other thing. Yeah. Like one of the few bright spots in our season that we talked about was, man, they played Georgia tough and mm-hmm. no, Georgia loses to Vanderbilt and you go, well, forget it. I yeah. guess that wasn't much. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, the, the thing is that we knew that, that where we would be in the schedule to this point is probably how we were going to end up. But there is now this four-game stretch of quote-unquote winnable games that if you know honestly if this we're going to say they've improved, yeah, this will better define our season. If you're, we're going to say right they've improved that. or if we haven't right improved, they've got to win them out. If they lose one or two of the next four games, definitively we have not improved. Yeah, and and well, I I don't know. I I would argue, I guess that if we let's say we beat I don't know South Carolina and look good doing it. I mean, then even if you lose the rest, I you need something at this point though to get people pulled back in. You can't lose all four. Right? I mean, well, you're not going to lose all four. What I'm, I mean, you can't lose the the two potentially winnable SEC games, right? I mean, the other two, Middle Tennessee and help me out. Who is the yeah, Vanderbilt, Kentucky? Oh, Vandy. That's yeah. Again, this this team is exactly where I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And. You need to win one of those games that's not Middle Tennessee, right? We're ignoring that one for a second. You need to win one of those SEC games coming up to show that you are on the right track. Because if you lose all the SEC games going forward, which, by the way, 
could happen with this team. Boy, that's that's where everyone's going to start to say, whoa, okay. Brian, you're setting a lower bar than I would. I'd say they have to win all of the next four games. And the reason that, that is is that you know you, it is unreasonable for fans to expect us to be a division, conference, national title contender every year. For Missouri, that is unrealistic. But I think every team every year should expect – improvement mm-hmm. and we went five and seven last year and if we don't go six and six this year we have not improved because it all comes down to wins and losses well. and takeaways from good games or takeaways from bad games At the end of the year their final record is what's going to tell the tale and if we don't win go six and six we have not improved over what was a shitty shitty team yeah and i i Never thought that we'd go six and six mm-hmm. at the start of the but, but year. But you have to expect that. That's what I'm saying. I was, you have to have that expectation I see what every you're year. I, I thought it saying. was realistic. I thought you could steal one game and then win the games you're supposed to, and you could get there. But I think my biggest you know, pessimism at this point is not the defense. I mean, it is, but it's not my biggest pessimism right now. My, my biggest pessimism is what are we going to do with this offense? I mean, can this? I haven't seen this offense score really against anybody. I think you other know what's going to Georgia. The thing and is, then Georgia shut us down in the second half as far as scoring went. And can South Carolina? I mean, Vanderbilt's got a tough D. I mean, Kentucky. I don't. I mean, these teams are not I good. Think, but I think we win and lose based on the opponent's secondary. I think if we have a secondary that can, that if our receivers can get a step, we look like a fantastic offense. If we can't get a step from our receivers we have no running game drew lock has nobody to throw to we don't score at all well and i i saw a lot of talk now granted xanders did this most of his work against second and third string or florida players but he starts running around he completed some passes and uh looked pretty good doing it and it's it started it's on yeah. it's on twitter that, that the, needs to stop it's because the, it, i don't you know i realize it's not a good good year in terms of and, you know, you're talking about seeing improvement, and some of the improvement that I guess I'm hoping for is that when I sit down and watch that Arkansas game, they look like a better, complete football team than when they started against that West Virginia well, team. Well, I'm not, I'm not endorsing it. I don't like running quarterback systems, typically. I certainly don't want a quarterback controversy. No, but no. somebody made at least a compelling argument to me that based on our talent level and the way our offense is and the speed of our offense that they want to play up tempo that xanders is actually a better fit mm-hmm. you know for what well, we're doing that, that may be the case but but Locke is definitely the better court i mean he's he's got an arm that no he's talented he's <laughs> there's no doubt that yeah. Locke is talented but what starting to worry me is like is Locke not as good as we thought is it is he is the offense just this bad? Is it the system? I don't know who to blame at this point, and it's scary, you know. Well, I I think I think what you're going to find is that Locke is still young, and he still makes these stupid young mistakes every so they often. Were brutal mistakes last and, night, and that's the problem is that against an SEC defense, you can't make those kinds of mistakes. Florida scored a touchdown on an onside kick. Just want to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Well, I, t- I think we should take a break. I, and I I, and I'm going to tell you guys, I think it's a good thing we record these shows on Sundays after big losses because if you want to talk about the, the F-bomb count, if it would have been Saturday night, I mean, I, I might emotionally, I wasn't going to be there. It was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, I was going to tell you, you know, we have Chris Doring from the SEC Network on um, here in a few minutes, and we'll ask him about the quarterback situation and, and the kind of System guy versus talent guy. So uh, look forward to that uh, after we come back from the break. This is the Mazodcast. Stop! 
up, don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Joining us now from the SEC Network, Chris Doring here to talk to us a little bit about what transpired yesterday in Gainesville between Missouri and Florida. Thanks for being on the show, Chris. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate you having me. So I, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say how we came to get you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we threw out something that there was some uh, we, Mizzou fans have to uh, always tweet. It's like I think it's the law that you have to tweet about being disrespected. And <laughs> somebody on the SEC network was talking about how the Missouri. Uh, was actually led the series against Florida and kind of said it with with shock and uh, we tweeted about it and we we put the quote on you and you got back to us and said hey that wasn't me <laughs> that was not me you know it's funny and and I guess in uh, in our role perhaps I'm a little more sensitive to criticism than I should be given that you know there's 14 teams in in our conference with which we talk about and sometimes you're going to talk good about some and and bad about some others and uh you know the criticism hits close to home with a lot of the fan bases so i uh i'm a little sensitive from time to time but uh when i definitely am not mentioning anything about that and and i'm uh, maybe falsely accused i'm 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 gonna stand up in that situation so i am uh, happy that we got to know each other here i'm happy to come on and talk a little bit about my thoughts about missouri and in general and and what transpired with the gators but uh, i do appreciate your uh, pleasantness on on uh, social media as well because it's a uh, it's a nasty place by uh, by a lot of means with with other fan bases for sure. You were you were very kind. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, well, we're certainly glad to have you. And obviously, the Tigers took one on the chin last night. And the offense for Missouri that had looked good against obviously lesser talent, you know, putting up yeah. big gaudy numbers against teams like Delaware State, who are obviously pretty inferior. Uh, that has disappeared entirely when they play the really, really strong defenses of LSU and Florida. And I guess my question for you is, you know, the, the Tigers are one-dimensional. They haven't developed a running game yet. Yeah. And when they're facing secondary that, that can keep up with our our, run, our wide receivers, that's that's the end of our offense. And, and if I'm just going to ask you, if you put yourself in Barry Odom's shoes, you've got an offense that has some skills but but is also sort of one-dimensional. How do you work around that mid-season when you play good teams in the middle of conference play? Like, What do you, what do, you do when you've got an obvious flaw, uh, i.e. a bad running game, to try to accommodate that and, and get points on the board? Well, I think the thing to remember is that this is a work in progress. Now, I had a chance to, to cover the Missouri spring game for the SEC Network, and you know, and speaking with the coaches and, and some of the players there, there's a lot of excitement about the future. There was a lot of energy, um, but there was also some realization that this was going to be a process. And um, you know, I think that's what Missouri is experiencing right now is, is part of the growing process. I think with some of the numbers that were put up early on, perhaps it led fans to believe that the process was much further ahead than what it actually is. But, um, you know, you hit the nail on the head. One is they have to have a little bit of a run game to, to balance out uh, what, what Missouri is able to do throwing the football. And two, there's still a lot of room for improvement when it comes to the wide receiver position. And, and I thought last year the wide receivers really hurt Drew Locke considerably with their lack of dependent, dependability in catching the football, the lack of, of dependability in 
being in the right places where they were supposed to be. But you know, I thought they took some steps this year to get better. The timing of the offense was was playing really well, and and um, yeah, I thought that it, even against you know, let, let's throw out the the games against the non conference opponents. They moved the ball. Um, very well in the first half against Georgia, and, and Georgia's secondary is obviously a little deficient as well this season. Um, you know, outside of the conference in that opening game against West Virginia, I thought they moved the ball very, very well, and then hurt themselves with fumbles and penalties that, that killed drives and missed opportunities in the red zone. Um, but all in all, it, it is a process that still needs to be improved. The receivers need to get better. Drew Locke needs to be better himself, and there has to be some sort of balance with the run game. Um, the thing is, is that when when Coach Odom brought in Josh Heupel, it was under the the expectation level that they were going to put in an offense that, that went very, very fast, that utilized tempo to try to gain an advantage over a defense. Um, and to that point right now, it, while it has helped in, in some games, it certainly has hurt them in the last couple games against LSU and Florida. When you, you go up against defenses that are physical up front, which both of those teams are, and have the ability to play man coverage with, with press uh, uh, coverage on the outside and, and corners that are physical, it, it really has disrupted the, the tem- chemistry and the timing of the, uh, of the passing game. And I think that um, right now, you don't want to scrap what you're doing because that's what the plan is. That's why you brought in Josh Heifel to run this type of offense. So you need to continue to do what you do. Obviously, you'd like to develop a little more run game. That's going to come through recruiting and, and improvement on the offensive line and, and uh, making sure you get the right back back there, although I have been uh, a little impressed with Crockett here of late. I think he's got some potential. But um, I, I, I don't think you overreact and completely scrap what you do right now because – while you may struggle right now with, with some of these teams that have a little bit more physicality, as you put the pieces in through recruiting um, to fit you know, the, what you want to do, you'll have the ability to match up a little bit better in the future. And, and as you and I talked about off the air, the schedule certainly gets a little bit more manageable as you go forward here when you're not playing against the same types of, of LSU and Florida defenses within the conference. Yeah, that's right. And I, I have to wonder, you know, there's a lot of Missouri fans who are, you know, obviously Drew Locke's a young quarterback, but he played very poorly against Florida. And, you know, one of the worst performances, I think, in the last 16 years as far as quarterback readiness is concerned. We've got Marvin Zanders, who's a different type of quarterback. Um, he, and a lot of people say maybe for this Josh Heupel uh, tempo system, he's a better type of quarterback, even though on a pure skill standpoint, Locke might be the better athlete, better, uh, you know, pocket quarterback. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you do when you're a coaching staff and you said this guy is a you know probably a better draft pick in the NFL but we've got a guy who fits our system better who do you put in that game I mean obviously you want to score and win but what what yeah. do you do Yeah I think that's the important thing is to find the quarterback not that not not just specific to this position you know when you recruit it's important that you're recruiting not for the best talent out there but for the best talent that fits your particular scheme, whether we're talking about offense or defense. And so, you know, what, what is it that Josh Heupel wants from his quarterback? Do they want a guy that's a little more mobile that can bring the run threat into the offense as well? And if that's the case, then obviously Marvin Zanders is your guy. I thought yesterday it was an important insertion in in, in the game for him finally because it brought a little bit of a, a different look, uh, something that maybe, you know, challenged Florida a little differently than what um, Drew Locke was able to do when he was in there. But uh, I, I think that comes down to deciding what you want your, your offense to look like. And, um, you know, Josh Heupel's been, a, been around for a 
long time. I mean, certainly he's had quarterbacks dating back to Oklahoma that weren't the most mobile as well either. But, um, yeah, I still think Drew Locke, uh, with, with the talent that I believe is there at the wide receiver position that, that you know, that still has some improvement to make and some development to, to make, I think that Drew Locke is the right quarterback for this job. Um, obviously not a great game yesterday against Florida and not a great game against LSU, but all of that can't completely fall on him. He was pressured um, you know, up front that the protection needs to be a little bit better. I think the receivers are having a really hard time gaining separation, so it's not like he has got a lot of big windows to throw the football into. Um, and, and just decision-making. I thought he made a couple poor decisions uh, throwing late on the one Tabor interception that uh, that cost them the pick six. Um, and that comes with time. Again, he's only a sophomore right now, just uh, what a year and a half removed from high school. So those things are going to occur. But, um, you know, obviously, it, hopefully you're, you're learning from these types of, of mistakes and, and not making the same mistake over and over again. Yes, yeah, it's, it's easy to forget how young the guy is. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you before we let you go about the di- Eastern Division at large, because I think it's actually the more interesting division because the West is so dominated by Alabama, even though uh, I think most of the West Division could beat most of the East Division, even mm-hmm. from top to bottom. Um, Florida now has uh, one loss. They're going to play that LSU game after all. And Tennessee had that big beat down by Alabama. And so... What do you forecast as how this East – who's going to go to Atlanta for out of the East? Yeah. Um, it, it is very interesting, and, and it's so different from when I was playing in, in, in this conference back in the, the mid-'90s where the East was the dominant division and the West was really um, a step below. Uh, you, you kind of felt like this might be the season where the Eastern division would, would make an improvement, but – um, Tennessee with how banged up they are on defense right now and, and perhaps getting exposed a little bit for being um, uh, a, a little lucky perhaps early in the season with some of the, the, the comebacks that they were able to make and the fact that they really didn't protect the football right. uh, very well and, and were able to overcome those those fumbles despite um, maybe not having great ball security. I think they're maybe coming back to the mix a little bit. Florida has problems on offense. So you, you saw it yesterday in that, or Saturday in that game. It's a um, it's a case where the, the the final statistics weren't really telling of, of the offensive performance. I thought Luke Del Rio made some poor decisions. He looked rusty throwing the football. Um, the offensive line is still deficient up front. Georgia losing at home uh, against Vanderbilt, I, I think, takes them out of the, the running to get to Atlanta. So at this point in time, it's a it's a two team race in my mind. Can Florida hold on to the the, the driver's seat? Are they able to, to navigate? through the remainder of the conference schedule. they got to go to Arkansas. They have the neutral site game against Georgia. And obviously going to LSU now on November 19th makes it very difficult as well. But um, I do think whoever is uh, showing up from the East is, is probably just showing up as a placeholder because, uh, as you mentioned, Alabama, in my opinion, by, by far and away the best team within the conference. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at that Florida offense just yesterday. I mean, I think they had 19 points generated from the offense with, with the two Drew Lock pick sixes and things. The numbers were heavily inflated. It was almost a complete reversal of the 2014 game where Missouri had a terrible offensive uh, game, but between special teams and defensive plays, put up 40 in games. It's funny that you mentioned that. I, I was thinking the same thing yesterday during the broadcast was, that, you know, taking notes and went back to look and, and, you know, the opening kickoff was returned by Missouri, had a pick six, a scoop and score, I think another punt return, right? Four four non-offensive touchdowns in that football game, and it was very reminiscent.
early in the first half where Florida uh, wasn't moving the ball with much efficiency, but got uh, you know two touchdowns from from their two corners, which uh, gave gave them a little bit of a lead. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for joining us, Chris. Chris Doring from the SEC Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris D O E R I N G Doring. Uh, we really appreciate it. And come on anytime. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. So there you have it, Chris Doring. It's good to have another SEC Network analyst. We're becoming fast friends with the uh, SEC Network guys. Yeah, yeah it's obvious they don't listen to the show. <laughs> no, no. But they're good guys. I like having them on. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do now is uh, obviously we've been chomping at the bit to play sour grapes. For those that don't know, hashtag fuck Missouri Sour Grapes is something we played when we were winning SEC East Championship games. Mm-hmm. We'd beat a Tennessee or a Florida or a Georgia or somebody like that, somebody who had been talking shit on us all week, and then we'd go troll them after Twitter and yeah. on Twitter and, and, and take their Sour Grapes tweets and we'd read them on air and just and, and just bask in the glow that the is... schadenfreude. Yeah, exactly. Well, because Mizzou has made it their goal to never let us play that game again... We're playing hashtag fuck Missouri Sour Grapes, only we're playing it opposite. We're mm-hmm. just going to read angry Mizzou tweets. That's right. So here it is, uh, the Mizzou edition of fuck Missouri Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes. What do you got for us, Colin? <laughs> All right. So Danny Fitt uh, wrote, Drew Locke single-handedly lost yesterday's game for Mizzou. Time to start Marvin Zanders. Run the read option. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of plays into what we've been talking about. Uh, yeah. Already wanted to start that quarterback controversy. I always love hearing everybody being just as mad as I am. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is a Kansas Jayhawk kid wrote, Mizzou celebrating pick six, LOO, weak. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Mm-hmm. So that's a Kansas resident. Kansas Jayhawk fan. Hmm. Well, they can do that because their team is so good. That's yeah. they can stand <laughs> that takes some pious. stones. That mm. takes some stones. Well, I mean, keep in mind, they, they stormed the field after every victory. Mm-hmm. Certainly. They're one victory in the last two years. I guess, like I said, every victory. <laughs> A-Ward 41 writes, giving up a touchdown on an onside kick attempt is the epitome of Missouri football. Hashtag what, Missouri. Mm, there you go. Yep, yeah, that's hard. Well, actually, that one, yeah. Was... Mm. <laughs> it's, it's the thing is when they're hard to argue against. P.P. <laughs> yeah. P. Brighton writes, Worst QB line I can recall. Drew Locke, 4 of 18, 39 yards, <laughs> two INTs. That's life as a Missouri fan. Hashtag Buck Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. By, these, like by said, the these... way, fun fact, his QBR was 0. 0.8. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Is that good? I don't know. Zero I'm not sure how the QBR works. Eight. Mm. Well, uh, it's out of 100. Here's a Florida fan. So. so very happy that my Gators won today. It's great to be in a Florida Gator. Even if we just beat Mizzou, hashtag fuck Missouri. Yeah, so there's some yeah, I like some that. respect. Reminds me of what the queen of football wrote against yeah, this last yeah. week against LSU. This uh, CJ Stone wrote to about at NT Sports, at SEC, at Mizzou Football, at News Tribune. <laughs> Mizzou sucks. I feel bad for the seniors. Love the players. They work hard, but the coaches suck. Mm, uh, it's a lot of ads. He wanted everybody yeah. to know it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think... Uh, I think you could spread that suck around to the players and coaches. I don't think there's enough suck to right. there's enough suck that, to go to everybody. That's the best part about that one, right? Because the the coaches, I forgot when they put the helmet on and ran out there and lost the game too. R.I.P. Freddie Two writes, "Mizzou sucks." Word to your mother. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> <Ash>, Missouri. <laughs> so word to your mother, Brian. Missouri's terrible. All I, right. I think she actually already knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the real big game writes, Missouri sucks. Mississippi State sucks. Georgia sucks. So there's telling me there's a chance. Kentucky fan. Ooh. Hashtag fuck Missouri. Yeah. So <laughs> Kentucky feeling pretty good about their chances against Mizzou, and why wouldn't they? That's pretty bad when Kentucky's jumping on. Yeah, exactly. The pylon. Deborah for Bama, right? And Trump uh, writes. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> yeah. Alabama. Uh, Mizzou really slug, sucks. 
exclamation point, exclamation point, hashtag fuck Missouri. Mm. So, yeah, it's just a, uh, you know, short, sweet, to the point. Mm -hmm. And who can argue with it? Mm. J-Maz writes, this team sucks. Ruining my day. (laughs) Hashtag fuck Missouri. (laughs) Uh, This one, ABC Ward writes, newsflash, Missouri sucks at everything, except it's punter. So you got that. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, a little, little shout out to old Corey for Tony. And uh, it's absolutely true. Why do I even bother? Mizzou football is terrible. Hashtag fuck Missouri. That's at of mind. So uh, she is also very happy. Great job, Florida. You just beat a terrible football team. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fuck Missouri at MCT1. Now, do you think it's a Mizzou fan or do you think it's I don't know who that is. He's wearing an Indiana hat, his, his profile picture. So yeah. who knows? But Indiana obviously has the, uh, has the trophy over us from the last couple of years. <laughs> Mizzou Max writes, this game was Bill Cosby dinner date bad. Mm. <laughs> Hashtag wow. fuck Missouri. So, yeah, so... Uh, it was like being roofied and raped yeah, for right. a Mizzou fan. By the great Bill Cosby. <laughs> I think that's a good, an apt analogy. Ugh. Scott Jackson writes, a little early to get cocky, you beat Missouri <laughs> at Florida Gators. So It's true. The offense for Florida did look like shit a little bit. I mean, they, they put up 19 offensive points against well, us. I just like that they point out that they shouldn't get cocky for beating Missouri. Yeah. You didn't do anything. It's not a real accomplishment. Yeah. Mizzou game's on. Think I'm going to take a nap. Hashtag fuck Missouri. <laughs> that was at LT Mizzou. Mm-hmm. So a uh, good time to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Uh, he enjoyed his evening much more than I did. Yeah, there were guys tweeting at us whether they should or should not even bother to check the DVR for the second half after the 20 nothing shit show that was the first half. Jordan NPC writes, Mizzou is an abortion. Wow. I'm not even sure if it was, it's, uh, you know, everybody's got their thing. Think he's I'm, pro-life. <laughs> It's hard to say. Uh, I mentioned earlier, David Morrison, I enjoyed this tweet quite a bit. Teams are averaging 7.7 yards a rush versus Mizzou over the past two games. Hmm. So that DeMonte cross defense, stout as always. Stop the run first, guys. That's the motto. Yep. So that's just a little taste of what was on Twitter last night during the Mizzou game. So that's all for hashtag fuck Missouri. Sour grapes. Sour grapes. All right, fellas. Well, let's get into let's do something to cheer us up, Brendan. Okay, you know what? We can do that. I think this is just the thing. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Well, let's go right into our first story. Cotton, this has been all over the news. It comes to us from the Washington Post. It's titled, Three Kansas Men Calling Themselves Crusaders Charged in Terror Plot Targeting Muslim Immigrants. Three Kansas terrorists. It's not the first time Kansans have been in the news for being terrorists. <laughs> no, it's it's kind of their default job if the, the, if the career of the prairie dog meat rendering uh, <laughs> factory doesn't pan out. <laughs> Three Kansas men have been accused of plotting attacks targeted at an apartment complex, home, a mosque, and many Muslim immigrants from Somalia, authorities said Friday. The charges are based on eight months of investigations by the FBI that is alleged to have taken the investigators deep into the hidden culture of hatred and violence. U.S. Attorney Tom Beal said in a statement, many Kansans may find it as startling as I do that such things could happen here. I think America I finds it startling. I don't. I, I don't find think it Kansans find it startling at all. At all. Yeah. No. Just I'm, go to the middle of Kansas and I think you've accomplished yeah. that. I, I talk know. to three Kansans and you'll find three terrorist-leaning Kansans. <laughs> yeah. Not, not shocked. <laughs> 
Three Men Charged Friday were ultimately identified as architects of an attack plan through a combination of recordings, social media, and reported uh, from a confidential informant, according to the complaint. The members of the group routinely expressed their hatred for Muslims, Somalis, and all immigrants. In one call, Stein allegedly said the country would, could be turned around only with a, quote-unquote, bloodbath. The, okay. The individual said they wanted to wake people up and inspire other militia groups to act. During a period of surveillance, Stein was armed with an assault rifle, extra magazines, a pistol, a ballistic vest, a night vision scope. Wow. He was well well prepared for his terrorist rampage. I think, uh, I think Kansas Walmarts carry those. Yeah, uh-huh. probably. Uh-huh. Funny so he'd been to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit of uh, foreshadowing, guys, because a lot of our Kansas news today it involves a Walmart. Uh, so... Let's see, we ask our nation's political leaders, particularly political candidates, to reject a growing Islamophobia in our nation, said the National Executive Director Nihid Awad of the CAIR, which is a, uh, a Muslim-American group, in his news release. Brennan, so, I have not been in college in quite some time. But you but, went to college? <laughs> unfortunately. Um, they gave you a degree? Well, let's not get hung up on that. Okay. Some anyway. online schools are tougher than others. <laughs> <laughs> University of Phoenix is a tough go. I mean, anyway, but for refresh me, the United States is kind of founded on you know religious discrimination. Is that right? I mean, that's one of our tenets. Well, yeah, religious discrimination and not never allowing immigrants in. We have a long, strong history of never allowing immigrants mm-hmm. in and discriminating mm-hmm. no, based on religion. You know, yeah, we were all we were I all originally back from to the here. Uh, na- to the Native Americans actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's go to our next story here. Woman found dead in Kansas Walmart parking lot. Uh, a woman was found dead in her vehicle in a Walmart parking lot late Friday. Authorities said the woman was found by an employee shortly after noon. There is nothing suspicious about the woman's death, Wichita Police Sergeant said Friday. The 48-year-old woman has been missing since September 29th, according to a friend of the family. So, yeah. <laughs> was she in the parking lot the whole time? Apparently so. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, the smell of a rotting corpse is pretty much the same as any in Kansas. There's really nothing more to the story. I just wanted to point it out because, I mean, the woman died doing what she loved, doing died as she lived, going to Walmart. <laughs> yeah. The reason for death is just she drank four consecutive Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> it killed her dead. I do think there's a possibility, too. I mean, funerals and the cost of burying a body, they're very expensive. And I think probably it's pretty common for Kansas when someone in the family dies just to drive their corpse to Walmart and just... <laughs> well, you can return anything at Walmart, right? Go away. Receipt or no. Maybe. Do you think, like, funeral homes in Kansas, they're actually just Walmarts? Perhaps. <laughs> you buy a casket, aisle six. <laughs> this story... Again, happens at a Walmart. A Kansas woman blasted online for gleefully filming and sharing aftermath of deadly Walmart shooting. A woman in Kansas is on the receiving end of an online attack swarm after she displayed a cheerful demeanor while filming a dire scene outside of her local Walmart. A now-deleted Facebook video uh, has since made its way to YouTube. Shopper Wendy Russell McElroy explained that she had been purchasing items at the Shawnee Walmart on September 12th when... She witnessed and recorded the aftermath of an ordeal that ended with two people dead. So, um, pretty Kansan's behavior. So, I thought I'd play the little, a little bit of a clip for you of, uh, of this lady who had just witnessed two people being shot to death. And this is how um, upset and disturbed she was by it. So, this is interesting. I am at Walmart, which I hate going to. This is happening right now. Apparently right in front of my car, two men have been shot, and I was inside buying some, oh, light bulbs. 
and everybody was telling everybody not to go outside so you be careful when you're going to Walmart lots of witnesses apparently so I'm sure it's going to be watching on the news tonight but apparently one is still free I guess so gross gross don't come to Walmart so there you go her advice is don't go to Walmart. But you, know, you didn't see in the audio that she was smiling and laughing about it pretty much the entire time she was filming the video. Yeah, I mean, compassion. I, I feel like compassion. Alfred and I, she's a Kansas resident who mm -hmm. lives in Kansas, mm -hmm. who goes to Walmart. I mean, this sort of thing probably, as it, like to us, it would be shocking. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And maybe, you know, jarring. I mean, to her, this is a Saturday. You know what I mean? She went to Walmart, somebody got shot. Yeah, just like last week. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's enough. like, what do you want from this lady? Yeah, that's true. It isn't really fair for us to judge her based on normal American morals and values when she is, mm -hmm. in fact, a Kansas resident. Yeah, I mean, I feel like people are getting a little out of line here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway, uh, last story, which always cheers us up. Brian, did uh, Kansas play football this weekend? Yeah, believe it or not, uh, they still have a football team. Still playing. So even though uh, Brendan does anything he possibly can to try to prevent the Kansas Jayhawks from playing football, they did play, and they played a pretty tough Baylor team this week. A tough uh, in-conference opponent for the Jayhawks. Yeah, the so Baylor, Baylor is undefeated, 6-0, and uh, Kansas coming off of you know their 1-4 their, um, start to their season, mm -hmm. which is a success in, in the Kansas world. Yeah, it's way uh, ahead of where they were last year. Yeah. Unlike <laughs> yeah. us, they progressed. Yeah, yeah. They, they have. Baylor crushed him forty nine to seven. Forty nine to seven. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got seven on the board. Yeah, yeah. they they scored, and um, I think actually they scored kind of early in that game too. So mm -hmm. it looked at one point, it looked like a real football game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Jayhawks. So that what, what put them at one and five now. One and five. Mm -hmm. As bad as things get here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always helpful whenever we. I heard the crowd was smaller. There was three members of the three of their biggest fans. Apparently, were militia members and got rearrested earlier that week. <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the rest of fans were dead in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for this week's Kansas news. I think we're going to take our next break now, and we're going to come back, and we're going to go around the horn because there was a lot of exciting SEC action that we weren't a part of. So <laughs> until then, this is the Mazodcast. I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. Like a hand job with Icy Hot, the Mazatcast. Jesus loves football. Ah, you know what that sound means. It's time to go around the horn with the SEC. And before we do, I think, Colin, it's on you to fire up our good friend, the old Paul Finebot. Here we go. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. Ah, thanks for joining us, Paul. It's always good to have you. Thank you. 
Well, this week around the SEC, uh, the games got kicked off on Friday night, which is not just reserved for high school football, as I think most of us thought. Mississippi State took on BYU, and um, I think Mississippi State really is trying to compete for the bottom of the SEC title. You're they, right about that. Because they lost to BYU 28-21 in overtime. Oof. Actually, double overtime. Yeah, right? Mississippi State is not having a good year as well. Yeah, Dak Prescott, they, they miss him off. a lot. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah, the Cowboys don't. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are glad <laughs> well, he's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then in other games, uh, LSU just beat down Southern Miss 45-10. to 10. In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. <laughs> No, it looked like last week's game they had. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, indeed. Fairly similar. Yeah, similar surprising. caliber talent, I guess. In a little bit of a surprising uh, move, upset, Georgia took on Vandy and lost 17 I heard this was Derek Mason's <laughs> first SEC win. Is that right? That's what I heard. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't do any research right. to, to uh, confirm. No, it can't be because they beat Mizzou. <laughs> That's right. That's God, good. that can't be right. Uh, so yeah, well, maybe it's the first, first time first win this season. Against oh, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, more of my stellar research showing no, here on the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, solid. That's why incorrect. We had yeah, incorrect. Paul, you sound a little weird there. <laughs> it's Paul's girlfriend. Oh, Siri. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, in in other now we're getting into the bigger matchups, ones that actually mean something. Ole Miss, who is ranked fairly high for having. Lost two games going into this game against Arkansas. Man, they played some good football. Arkansas pulled off a little bit of an upset. They won 34-30. to 30. This is surprising to me, and it makes me scared for Mizzou. So scared. Yes, sir. So, yeah. so scared. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I know. I mean. So Arkansas has uh, lost two games, one being to Alabama, and the other one was to... Went down a rabbit hole there that I don't know the answer to. And more of that stellar research we do for you guys mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. You can find it right here at the Mazak Yeah, this is why they tune in, I think. Yeah, I think exactly. this this moment right here is what has our fans coming back and back. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the big matchup. I'm not sure about that. Thanks, Paul. The big matchup that everybody was really talking about was Alabama-Tennessee. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Let me uh, tell you the, the talk, Brian. Sure. Uh, Alabama. Everybody in the country said bloodbath. Alabama destroys them. And Alabama. On the other side of that conversation was Tennessee fans who were like, "No, we've definitely got a shot here." So yeah, and they had a shot <laughs> until the, uh, the kickoff, and then there really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, until the so, kickoff, they looked good. They, really looked like they were in this game. Yeah, Alabama went up fourteen nothing early and didn't really look back. So the final in that game was forty nine to ten, and just an absolute blowout. <laughs> Tennessee fans have taken to Twitter to claim that a big part of this was injuries, Brian. This mm. wasn't the fact that they were just completely outclassed by Alabama. Yeah, and uh, of course we predicted it, you know, as we've been predicting it all year long, because we hate Tennessee. I do especially. And it was finally good to see Tennessee be exposed for what they are. Well, I do, what I don't understand about Tennessee fans is there's no shame in admitting that you're not Alabama caliber. No. 99.9% of teams in college football are not Alabama caliber. Be, you're right about that. There may be one or two right now that could, could compete could with, a, with an Alabama. So with Tennessee getting their, their shit packed by Alabama should not be shocking yeah. and should not necessarily be that 
insulting. Right. But yeah, Tennessee sure. fans are just like, no, we're national championship contenders, and we should have. Well, everybody's been game. telling them they're national championship if, contenders. Well, on the SEC network, they have. If anything, they should be more ashamed of the week before losing to uh, A&M. Yeah, yeah well, but it, you know they went up in the polls. Yeah, everybody told yeah. you after they lost to A&M, like, even though they lost, this might have been the, the, best, the loss. best loss I've ever seen. Tennessee might have just won this game with the eyeball test or something. Like, I just yeah. don't understand. I don't get it. Well, the interesting now thing now for Tennessee is as we look forward, because they are no longer in control of their own destiny, destiny to make the SEC championship game. Tennessee yeah. is still the pick to win the SEC East. No, they're not, Paul. Listen, they're in Georgia's seat when Mizzou won the, their second SEC championship. That's right. They beat they beat Missouri, but they had to watch. They, Missouri ended up going to the getting Denver. more wins, and they went to mm-hmm. and so that you can you can make the same argument that uh, Tennessee's going to although I'll tell you this, swallow. I, I don't you know Florida is making up that LSU game, and I, we watched them back to back now, and I say LSU is the better team of the two teams. Oh we yeah, got question. By, yes. and so that'll be a tough win. Well, no, you know, they got to play Arkansas. And they got to play Arkansas. That Greer kid that was so good that played at Florida, who ended up transferring to West Virginia. Boy, they could really use him because they've got two quarterbacks, and both of them are hot garbage. Yes, sir. Yeah, so that that's the 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 biggest I think takeaway from this week would not even be the Missouri game. It would be some of these others and the implications that they have. Well, sure. I mean, Missouri scores are really of only interest to Missouri fans at this point. We're way out of the picture. We don't yeah. have a win yet in yeah, conference. Yeah. Well, let's look forward to next week, Brian. What do we got going on? Yeah, so next week um, we've got a series of games that don't matter, so we'll start with those. All right. Um, Massachusetts, the mighty mighty UMass, is taking on South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the best chance UMass would have against an SEC opponent. Yeah, Will Mess Champ is the coach there. So if you're going to steal a win, that's the best way to do it. I, know, I mean, as bad of decisions as we felt coaching staff has made at Missouri this year, the schemes and whatnot, none of them are Will Mess Champ. No, they're not Will Mess Champ bad. So we all, we all think South Carolina can win this game or not? Yeah, I mean, if if Mizzou's coaching staff has been AIDS mm-hmm. this year. You know, Will Muschamp is super AIDS. <laughs> yeah. So. Brian knows a little something about that. Yeah. So. It's hard to come back from those things. Brian, you think um, UMass is going to take the win? Is it in South Carolina, by the way? Uh, yes, it's in Columbia, South Carolina. The other Columbia. Yeah, well, so. that may give him the edge. Okay, South Carolina, I say. Yeah, I think yeah. South Carolina is going to win that game. South Carolina. Now, Mississippi State is going to take on a va- vaunted uh, Kentucky team. Mm, so it's a basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom feeders. Yeah, that game's in Kentucky, but I don't know, that's not going to be fun to watch. Well, it should be telling to us. I mean, that's I, true. We know that Kentucky's not great, and if, as what we consider these new winnable games, you know, Kentucky's one of them. And if Mississippi put, State puts it on Kentucky, then, you know, mm, but I, I honestly think Kentucky will win that game. I do too. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Vanderbilt coming off their big upset over Georgia is going to play Tennessee State. Mm. Mm-hmm. In, in-state rivals. I don't see how this happened. I mean, that, how did Vanderbilt win? I mean, they fired a Mark Richt. He was the problem. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So I don't yeah. know. What problem happened? solved. Hands yeah. washed of the problem. Kirby Smart is from Alabama, so Man, he's the got answer. the ma- magic touch, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of funny to see a team fire their coach after 9-3. and three. But really good coach. I mean, I think even Georgia fans who were upset with Mark Rick or tired of Mark Rick would say he was a, he's been a good coach. Oh, Miami's really appreciative of that fire. <laughs> Way to go, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so Georgia is a, is a big steaming pile of uh, hot, yeah. hot, hot, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Well, and a little fun fact for you. If you get a chance, you get some time to kill Google or whatever, um, Google Tennessee State's mascot, because I swear to God they just ripped off LSU. Yeah. 
Yep, they did. Like it's an exact copy. They, they made the L a T, but otherwise it looks, everything looks identical. Are, are they tigers as well? Yeah. Yep. It's too many tigers. Yeah. Um, and now, now we're going to get into a little bit more interesting matchups. So uh, LSU coming off a bye from this past week is going to take on Ole Miss. See, this is a game where you should pick LSU. Like LSU is the better team. Right. Uh, you know, Ole Miss just lost to Arkansas despite the fact that they, this season they've looked good at times. And I would not be surprised at all if Ole Miss wins this game. Ole Miss can put up points, and LSU has struggled to do that. They, they have looked like a different team under Ed Ogeron, even though the talent has Old Miss, they've been playing Southern Miss and Missouri. Since we've joined this conference, I'd say Ole Miss, to me, has been the most schizophrenic program I have seen. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, I want to make a prediction right here. Mark it down. It's October 16, 2016. One thing we're going to see next year is devastating historic NCAA sanctions against the Ole Miss running Rebs. That program is a cheating some bitch. <laughs> And I'm kind of enjoying it because Hugh Freeze is a holier than thou, you know, yeah. dumps the Bible and puts it in front of your face. They are going to get the fucking hammer drop oh, on he's next year. So mm-hmm. righteous, and he's he would never do anything that Jeebus wouldn't like. That's how you say that, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. You and, put, so, mm-hmm. and so, you know, this this is all horseshit. No, I mean everything seems to be check out. They have people on tape, you know, and mm-hmm. Old Miss can do nothing to refute it either. That's how you know no, they it's don't bad. refute yeah. what they're saying they're guilty of. I mean, it's self-imposed sanction bullshit. But just keep an eye out. Remember, good old Brendan told you, yeah. in October of 2016, uh, the, the Old Miss glory days are over. You're right. He also predicts that the sun will rise tomorrow, mm-hmm. so yeah. take, that to, the, take <laughs> we'll that to the bank. We'll see. Yeah, let's and make then, a call on that game, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I think LSU is going to going to beat him. I think new coach. Is it, where where did you say they were playing? That game is in Baton Rouge. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with LSU, but there's part of me that goes, L- you fucking Ole Miss, they'll probably win, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, Ole Miss is a tough team to, to uh, bet on this year, but I guess I'll have to go with LSU too. Paul, who do you think about that one? Ole Miss. Always, wow. always a contrarian. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, a resurgent Auburn team is going to take on Arkansas. Mm. A resurgent all- Arkansas team. That's a good point. Yeah, they're both kind of these teams are kind of mirror images of one another. Like you don't know what to make of them. Are they good? Are they bad? They don't themselves seem to seem to know. <laughs> I think this year I'd rather play Auburn than Arkansas. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a giant fat coach versus a nerdy coach in a fucking sweater vest. We'll see mm-hmm. who comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Let's hope it's Auburn for just the. Pure safety of the gun <laughs> be Fittest. crushed under Brett Malema. <laughs> uh, his wife knows best. So yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna take Auburn, and I'll take the upset. Will you? Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll take Arkansas. Why not? I'm gonna take Arkansas too. I, I Arkansas scares me a little bit more than people think. Paul, what do you think? Auburn. Okay, John Brian on that. Stand yeah. with Alabama. Speaking of Alabama. Alabama. This is going to be the game of the week, or at least the matchup of the week. For next week, Alabama is taking on Texas A&M in Tuscaloosa. Ooh, this will be a game to watch. So I know, don't think Texas A&M has any chance in the world, but it, they are both undefeated. So If anybody's going to beat Alabama during the regular season, this will be the game. I agree. The, I, one, I, the one upshot to this is if somehow Texas A&M wins this game and ends up <laughs> ends up winning this game, plus Alabama goes to the end of the season with just one loss, mm-hmm. there's a very possible that the SEC may get two teams into the playoff. You know, because right now, the only way I could see the SEC getting a team into the playoff right now is Alabama because they're going to beat Texas A&M and they'll have no losses. Sure. But the the voters will look at an A&M win over Alabama. If, if A&M goes undefeated, yeah. 
wins the West and the SEC, and Alabama has only no, no, lost no, no. the one. No, I, 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 be clear, they beat Alabama here, uh-huh. and Alabama has one loss because Alabama wouldn't go to the championship. Yeah, but then, but East, then. It wouldn't go to the SEC championship game. But what I'm saying is, is Alabama would only have one loss, but they'd still let Alabama in even though they lost. Right. Yeah, I think okay. that's what Brian's saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, so <laughs> I have confused myself and our <laughs> listeners, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so, so Texas A&M would get in by virtue of winning the West and, and winning out, and yeah. Alabama would get in by virtue of being Alabama and, and only, only having, having one, one loss, loss and get only losing to an undefeated team. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that being the case. I mean, it would, I, honestly, it's the best case scenario for the conference, honestly. Mm-hmm. So if you're rooting for the SEC, maybe that's what you want. You want to see Alabama lose. I know Paul does not. Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama is going to win this game. But what you started alluding to there is is where I think for Missouri fans, the entertainment's going to come for the rest of the season, right? <laughs> of mm-hmm. who, you know, does so is Florida in rescheduling this LSU game? Is that the game that bites them? You know, and now Florida and Tennessee does go to the to the SEC championship because they lose the. You know, I think that's either way, the, be kind the, of fun. I think Tennessee has already got to be disappointed with their season based on their own expectations. Like I think they thought playoff bid. You know right. what I mean? And they've got yeah. two losses, so that equals yeah. no chance. Yeah, I mean they're not going to the playoffs. There's there's Definite about that. Now, the, and they're hanging on to the, the chance of winning the East by a thread. Well, and and technically, then a chance of winning the SEC. I mean that that's what they're. I think now that's got to be their goal, right? If that's they have be their hope. If they get one more loss in the SEC and Florida gets the championship, I I think they're going to get rid of Bush Jones. I like this was season. <laughs> well, I mean, this season was built up to be their holy grail, and Go they've ahead. already shit the bed once against A&M. They've got two losses, playoffs out of the picture. Now they're hanging on by a thread to the chance of winning the SEC East. If they lose another game and take it out of, you know, right now they're hoping that Florida loses to LSU, and that gives them back, right back or in the driver's seat. Or but even if they lose to LSU, if Florida, if Tennessee loses another game, it won't matter, mm-hmm. and they'll lose that on the East Championship. They won't make the playoffs. This will be Four straight seasons in a row where the expectations were too high and they did not deliver. I mean, at what point do you get rid of this flat-headed idiot? You're right about that. Yeah, even Paul agrees. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose another game, though. They've got a pretty easy schedule. Tennessee's got a pretty easy That's schedule going seen, yeah. forward. It's Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee yeah, But we're Tech. talking about a team that Tennessee has, has played close with bad teams. I yeah. mean, yeah. and Josh Dobbs at times absolutely implodes. So I'm not saying that I'm predicting it. I'm just saying I'm not certainly not saying it couldn't happen based no, on the way Tennessee I, plays. They're, they're very uneven. Yeah, it is not definitely not out of the realm of possibilities, but I think if you do look at the remaining schedules, Florida's got a much tougher road to home. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. And you know, for so I I'm, I'm not a big Tennessee fan, obviously. I think they're overhyped from the very beginning. But the thing that I will say, and this is the argument that everybody always makes about the East is they've lost both of their games to teams in the West. West opponents, sure. So they could go in theory undefeated in the East and still not make the SEC championship game. It'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. I wonder if whatever whatever it takes for. to keep Tennessee out. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's all I'm rooting for. Yeah, I'm a huge right. Florida fan. All of a sudden. Yep. All right. Well, is that is that all we got next week? Well, and then we there's got- there's one little game left in the SEC, mm. um, and that would be Missouri taking on a Middle Tennessee. What is Middle Tennessee's record, Brian? I don't know anything about Middle four Tennessee. Four and two. Is Middle Tennessee is a winning record. At four and two. So they're a competitive team. But this could be a lot closer than people want. People yeah. were complaining about this pick for our homecoming game. It's looking a lot smarter all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually a little true. Fair enough. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what the line is going to be when that comes out. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see that. The, I, I feel like if there's any chance 
I mean, I know that if Gary Pinkle was a coach right now, nothing changes. But I still held out hope that Barry Odom and uh, his staff are different and that they will continue to make changes. The one thing I'll say about this game is you saw Marcel Frazier starting. You saw them change Michael Shearer's position and start a freshman. You know, they did do some things, some, some personnel things. You know, they, they're at least trying to uh, address, address some stuff. You know, whereas I don't feel like they did that at all during the Pinkle era. You know, it was hell or high water, we're going to stick with what we're going to know. And God love Barry Pinkle, it worked most of the time. But that being said, this is not working, and I feel like there's there's got to be at least some chance that they continue to tweak things. Mm-hmm. Well, just a little background on Middle Tennessee for all of you Mizzou fans who are maybe not following the Tennessee football closely. Their two losses come to Vanderbilt and Western Kentucky. Well, that speaks that's well for us. Yeah. That is, that's better. Maybe better. I, mean, another, I forgot about that Vanderbilt game. Vanderbilt yeah. beat him pretty good, 47-24. Yeah, well. It's good. Stan says good things about their defense. Yeah, I mean, we may see Drew Locke that we all love. That guy we better. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, no shit. But I want to see that Drew Locke against a good opponent at some point. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and they've got a pretty Decent offense, again, considering who they've been playing. I think the lowest they've scored in any game is 21 points, but they've been averaging up into the 30s. So, I mean, it's not a cup, you know, it's not just a walk in here and it's an absolute 100% sure thing that Mizzou's going to win. Well, I'm, I will say this they didn't change the defense, or the, the players do absolutely need to buy in. You know what I mean? It's one or the other. We got to do something different. I mean, I know there's been rumblings, Brendan, you were mentioning it when the off air that. You know, there have been some dissension in the ranks, apparently, in the mm-hmm. locker room. They've had to have these little team meetings, like, you know, guys, this is what we're doing, get on board. And yeah, they paired them off after halftime at the Florida game. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's a smell coming from the locker room right now. And yeah. uh, listen, you know, if, if the guy, they're going to hold on to this defensive scheme with both hands, and the kids got to, they got to buy in. Yeah. I mean, well, all right, guys. So, uh, I, are we all rooting for Missouri? Do you think Missouri can win it? Oh yeah, I think. Missouri oh yeah, can win. no, okay. Missouri is the favorite in this game. One thing I'll say: if Croc, I think Crockett bought himself more snaps. Good in this last game, and I Finally. think that will bodes well for the Mizzou offense going forward. I hope I would, but I would have said after the first game that Chris Black did the same thing, and we haven't <laughs> seen him since. True enough. Yeah. All right. Well, let's shut it on the uh, around the horn. Before we close this thing out, we got some awards to dish out, Colin. You, uh, I think the first thing we should do is give out the uh, TJ Mo Douche of the Week Award. Yeah, the Douche of the Week. So uh, this is uh, based on former wide receiver TJ Mo, who was once a beloved Mizzou player and has taken a turn for the full douche. We have named this award for him. And uh, who do we think, guys? What do you think? I mean, there's lots of douchebags out there. We had a little trouble, though, this week finding somebody who was a true douchery. Well, I think we maybe we should... Look inward this week. I think one thing that happened after the LSU game is uh, our good our linebacker Michael Shear kind of went on Twitter and it wasn't really Twitter. He was interviewed. Oh, they right. posted it posted on Twitter. Twitter, but yeah. So he but he basically said that the fans don't know what they're looking at. They don't know how, what we're doing. We're doing things that you know. It's all this very. Intricate, uh, intricate stuff. stuff, and you, you have to be these football wizards to know what it is. And you know, basically saying we're doing all the right things. You lowly fans don't know what you're talking about. And we're scolded building for the future as yeah. well. That was scolded everybody, and then proceeds to follow that up with we, an absolute ass pounding. We talked about it in the bye week, and I think part of the reason he's a good candidate is because. 
he tells us all these things, kind of chastises us, tells us building for the future, we're short-sighted, and then they go out and lay this egg this week. So, um, And it also it fills in with the old Connor McGovern brand of player who is kind of indignant about his own fans mm-hmm. and can't take any sort of criticism. And, uh, you know, obviously Connor McGovern was challenging fans to fights in movie theaters last year. And here we know when things get tough, yeah. Shears telling the if, fans if they have, don't know what they're talking about. If you have, have a losing record, you need to expect some hate coming your mm-hmm. way and, and just be able to take and it. And take That's, it. Yeah. yeah. You I need mean, to suck it up and take well, it. Well, and, and again, the, we're working on I it. Said it in the, yeah. I said it in our last show and I'll say it again. We didn't, you know, this is building for the future. It's like we had a top 10 defense. So if this is truly building for the future, then we have dismantled the top 10 defense. Our expectations should be top five mm-hmm. because, you know, there was a tweet by somebody, one of the, one of the talking heads analysts on Twitter this week about this. Like, why did Odom change? Why did Odom change the defense? Why did this neat change need to take place? And uh, we tweeted back at him like, we have been asking that question from the beginning. Why do we need to change things and build for the future? The, the defense was okay. Let's mm-hmm. concentrate yeah. on the side of the ball that wasn't working. Oh yeah, but I, you know, the whole scheme thing. Not to jump right back into that, but you know, you have a brand new coaching staff, and I'm going to give them a little bit of leeway. To, to change and make those changes so that it fits their thing. I mean, they were hired for a reason, and then they'll also be fired for a reason. I think, it, the only reason go the I think their only reason they're not getting this leeway is because they took something that seemed to be working so well yeah. and changed it. Well, and I think what you see, you know, we're six games into their, their entire tenure here, and while it's ridiculous to call for an ousting of a coach probably at this point, it isn't ridiculous to say, honeymoon period over, you are now... now you got to answer some questions. you got to answer questions. Sure. Criticism is fair. Sure. You know, open up your practices, open up the press room, and, you know, take your medicine, because yep. it's time yeah. to take your medicine. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. So we're on a completely different topic. We'll save this one for another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Michael Shearer, you are the TJMO Douchebag of the Week. Douche of the Week. Congrats. All right, let's go to uh, our other. This is another hard award to offer, which yeah. is the uh, the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award. A game based on the most beautiful, immaculate hair you have ever seen, donned by a former Mizzou quarterback. It is beautiful. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. And I mentioned before the show, guys, that um, Gibson had a good game. He sure did. On defense, um, despite the defense not playing on the, on the whole very well, Gibson had a good game. Marcel Frazier popped up a couple of times. Yeah, Marcel Frazier getting a start and really showing that he deserved it, you know. And, and so, you know, we got a, we had a sack, which has been rare this season in the new scheme. Um, you know, I, I would throw out, I, I don't know if he deserves the player of the game award, but it certainly deserves honorable mention, Josh Augusta for his first career touchdown. Yeah, the only reason I, I hate to give it to Josh Augusta, and he probably deserves it too for running down and running back. I don't know if you guys saw that play where he ran he ran down a guy Shit, yeah. 30 yards down the field and tackled him. So, I mean, Josh Augusta is giving effort. Um, but Yeah, uh, he really is. I, I, if, if he would have thrown in a sack or a, a stock behind the line of scrimmage, it had been easier for me to go. <laughs> yeah, he's, he deserves that. Augusta for Peisman. Yeah, so... Um, I don't know. It, you know, obviously there's Fatoni. I do not want to give it to him again. Yeah. You know, I think Gibson in He's my opinion paid well every enough. week. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing. I think Gibson's a good candidate. Uh, yeah. Two interceptions. Yeah, absolutely. And Gibson. he had. A, I know he had at least one other nice pass breakup. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, if we hadn't had two pick sixes of our own, those two interceptions could have been enormous factors in the game. Yeah. So I yep. think it's worthwhile to say uh, Gibson is our Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. All right, fellas, I guess we'll wrap this one up, heading into homecoming. Brian's got his tweet of the week, Brennan. Oh, shit. Well, I, I realized I've been gone. I realized I've been gone. I, realize <laughs> I've been gone but I know. I figured, I'm rusty. We got to sh- give a little shout-out like like we try to do every week to our fans or loyal Twitter followers who um, tweet us 
really hilarious stuff yeah, on a regular basis. I mean, if you don't follow our Twitter account just for the retweets, I don't know what you're doing with your life. But the, this week, the tweet of the week comes from Dr. Hurricane, who is at Riley underscore Reigns mm-hmm. on Twitter, if you want to follow along. Sounds dangerous, Dr. And doc, the doctor tweets at Mazodcast and says, Jamon Moore trying to catch a ball, and then uploaded a little gif of a girl trying to catch an orange ball yeah, that she's, hits she's, her. Looks and like she's approximately two years old. Somebody throws a ball to her. She completely misses her hand. It hits her in the chest and falls to the ground. Gator arms. Yeah, yeah and, the, and the, the gif is adorable. If you weren't looking at it in the tweet sense, and then when you apply it to Jeff, to Jamon Moore, it's perfect. It, it makes it perfect is sense. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So well done, sir. I should mention he dropped a third down, easy third down, first down conversion this week. Yeah, so. we made that prediction before this game mm-hmm. happened. How many big third down Jamon Moore drops were so. going? Well, well done, Doctor Hurricane. I hope you hate house calls because Brian has a lot of ailments here throughout <laughs> the season. So. Yep. Doctors in. All right, guys. So this is officially it. And uh, I was going to tell you one thing we haven't um, told anybody about in a long time is we've got the Mazodcast stickers. We haven't haven't, uh, advertised that in a while. But if you would like a Mazodcast sticker, feel free to tweet at us or email us at Mazodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget the Barry Stag. Barry Odom Stag Beer Drive. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but okay. So we got stickers here. We're happy to send you out a Mazodcast sticker if you don't have one or if you'd like extras. But yeah, next week is homecoming, and we've been talking about it for well over a month now. Barry Odom loves Stag Beer. We all know that he loves Stag Beer. He's going to need it now more than ever after two blowout losses. Mm -hmm. Send Barry Stag to the Missouri Athletic Training Complex this Friday before homecoming so that Barry is stocked up on Stag Beer when we go in to take Middle Tennessee on, and uh, we want them to know support that we, our coach. We, we support, support our, coach. our first year coach Barry Odom, and so bring, get as much fucking stag beer as you can, and take it over there. We really want you to do this. We're going to do it. We're all going to take stag over to the Matsy, and uh, and Barry's going to be stocked up, and it's going to be something special. Mm-hmm. It will be. All right. So with that, I guess oh, do uh, fill out our survey. We've got a survey online on our website that you can uh, tell us what you think about the yeah. website. Tweet or, at us. About email us. Review us on iTunes. We always preach the the iTunes uh, reviews. That's Mm -hmm. uh, always nice. It's always good to hear from you guys. So anyway, until next week, after our big homecoming win, I guess we're going to sign off and say M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Go Tigers. slit their bag open and ripped out their testicles.